tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets podcast presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I am your host, Nathan Desop, and today we are returning to our flight as Jetmen as we are going to be taking a look at episodes 11 through 20 of Chojin Sentai Jetman. I am the leader, Nathan Desai, Yellow Owl, and uh, we got the uh, rest of the crew on board, so uh, go ahead and uh, announce yourself, guys. I'm Rizwan, the Black Condor. And I'm Anthony, the Green Hawk, or Eagle, I think. Yeah, Eagle. Green Eagle. Yeah, yeah Green Eagle. Yeah. Unfortunately, Patrick, the uh, Red... Uh, Red Hawk or Shinken Red, whichever he took on. Uh, he is unfortunately not with us. Uh, the Vyrum captured him. But uh, w- don't worry, we have a little secret mission to rescue him for the next video. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're just going to jump right in. Uh, like I said, we covered uh, episodes 11 through 20 in the previous podcast. So uh, let's begin. I'm going to give a brief recap of uh, Jetman so far. Naturally, since we covered the first 10 episodes, we... Uh, we were introduced to the whole series. So for a brief recap for the entire plot of Jetman, five young humans were showered with energy waves called Burdonic waves, which gave them superhuman powers and the ability to become warriors called Jetmen. They are under the guidance of the Sky Force commander, Aya Odagiri, and armed with powerful jet machines that can combine into the Jet Icarus robot. And they protect the world from the evil Vyrum, an interdimensional army of aliens from the reverse dimension who want to rule over our dimension. These five include the stoic and brave, by the book, Sky Force officer Ryu Tindo, who was Red Hawk and lost his fiance to the Vyrum. The ditzy and spoiled yet kind and noble rich girl, Kaori Rokumekan, White Swan, who also has a crush on Ryu. A clumsy and awkward, yet big and strong, vegetable farmer, Raita Oishi. A yellow owl. The, a brash and cheeky, but bubbly uh, high school girl, Akko Hayasaka, Blue Swallow. And the aloof and standoffish playboy, Gaiyuki, Black Condor, who is, sec- who is second in command and often clashes with Ryu because they both have... Uh, conflicting personalities and he and he's in love with Kaori and uh you know Ryu uh but Kaori has feelings for Ryu together they are Chojin Sentai Jetman and uh for the Byram there are four generals in the Byram we have a sadistic and horribly arrogant Radigat who is the blue man in armor with a massive god complex and transforms into a feral monster Radigam whenever he's angry uh, Torin, a cloaked and masked child with psychic powers who gets joy out of torturing humans. Gray, who is an honorable robot, a few words, who strangely enjoys smoking cigarettes, drinking wine, and listening to classic music, as robots are known to do. And Maria, a ruthless humanoid woman in armor who resembles a striking resemblance to someone we've seen before, but we'll talk about that later. And uh, these four are competing with each other to see who can defeat the Jetmen first. And whoever does that uh, is declared the new leader of the Byron. So there we go. With that said, let's jump into these episodes. 
Uh, we're going to start off with two filler episodes, starting with uh, episode 11, A Dangerous Game, which doesn't have uh, any, doesn't focus on any one ranger. Uh, it's more of a team-centric episode. Uh, in this episode, the uh, Jetmen are all come under a spell when they drink sodas out of a possessed machine that Grey is turned into a dimension beast. And it causes them to change their personalities. Uh, basically, Ryu becomes more of a lazy, you know, guy who doesn't care about fighting. Guy becomes, like, noble and starts taking his Jetman duties more seriously. Raita, Raita turns into Guy, you know, being more of a playboy. Uh, Kaori basically just turns into a spoiled rich girl who just loves her money that you would expect her to, and I don't know what's going on with Akko. Like, she starts acting more, like, innocent, girly girl-esque. I don't know. Um, she acts more scared is basically what it is. Like, she's Akko, more like yeah, like, I was going to say, Akko generally presents as pretty confident, and so her less dominant trait is being timid and I wouldn't say girly is more of timid and more less self-confident in who she is. And that manifests in her crying a lot more. Yep. Uh, that's more, uh, that's pretty much the whole episode. Um, just the jet man having to deal with, uh, their um, changes in personalities. Uh, the running gag throughout the episode is that, you know, they'll hick up, and every time they hick up, they alternate between their natural personalities and their fake ones. Uh, I thought this episode was pretty good. Um, I, I always love episodes where the, uh, where the Rangers act out of character, because it shows, like, some acting talents for the actors. Uh, I think Ryu was funny. Uh, Guy was pretty subtle character development. Uh, probably the biggest highlight of the episode is uh, Raita acting like Guy, especially this one scene where he like walks up to a woman and he's like, "Hey, baby, how you doing?" Like, uh, that honestly, was hilarious. honestly, that's the best development we got from this episode was the Raita stuff mm -hmm. because you can kind of guess that Ryu does have a part of him that's lazy. But the reason you don't ever see it is because, one, he's the red. Two, his fiance was literally killed by the people he's trying to fight. So he's extremely motivated to continue being serious and, you know, um, hardcore about it. Um, Kyori, yeah, okay, she's, you know, whatever. That that's not a that's not really anything surprising there either. But no. Raita was very entertaining. Yeah, because absolutely. It, it gives... It indirectly gives more to him in that here we have a guy who, up until now, has basically been... I'm going to keep using Voltron because I love Voltron a lot, but basically he's the hunk. He's the guy who's kind of a big, lovable oaf that doesn't really get the ladies. He doesn't really... Uh, get a lot of respect. And it's nice to see that Raita desires 
that respect and he desires having a girlfriend or whatever you want to put it for that. Mm -hmm. But uh, those are my thoughts on this episode. I think uh, the one thing I also want to comment on is that, uh, unless I'm mistaken, I think this is the first time that Gray has t made a scheme with and the uh, with the battling the Jetman, and I think uh, you know he kind of, this kind of shows the different tactics with how they kind of go like with. Radigan, it's more like, you know, he's just sadistic, like, you know, he sends out monsters to, like, eat humans and, you know, just cause pain and suffering. Toran, because, you know, he's a child, just wants to watch humans, like, you know, just, you know, he wants to torture them and laugh while he's doing it. Uh, Gray isn't really fooling around with his schemes. Like, this is a scheme where he's trying to, like, divide the Jetman and, like, you know, rip them apart from the inside. So, yeah, that I know that I know this is just one episode, but and maybe you guys got something different from it. But that's what I got with how Ray tends, with how Gray tends to operate. Um, I got, I got that feeling from from him too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same. Did, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, I agree with you and Anthony. Uh, did you want to say anything, Anthony? You've been kind of quiet. Oh yeah. Um. So I actually found my the highlight for me is the fact that guy was acting more like Ryu, being optimistic, saying that like we should we should you know not be fighting. Let's let's do this together. And he's like, wait, what am I saying? I don't want to say this crap. Well, okay. So that. It's something I was going to bring up in a later uh, episode we review, but I'll bring it up here as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of misconception on Guy in the first 10 episodes. Like, when we began podcasting Zetman last time, a big theme of Guy was, okay, Guy's a standoffist, aloof guy who's not really interested in anything but himself and the women around him. But... The thing that we all overlook is that after, like, episode maybe three or four, Guy is not being held there, like, at Ryu's request. Like, it's not a constant struggle by Ryu and the group to, like, bring him back and make him help them. He's willingly there, first one on the job. He's always there, like, to help and fight. He never gives any real trouble and lip to anyone on when it's time to go fight the Viram. The only thing he does is be a womanizer every now and then. Yeah. That's true. So, I mean, he gives off the vibe that he doesn't give a crap, like Marvelous, but unlike Marvelous, he gives a bigger crap in the beginning. Like, you can tell from the very beginning that he does care and he wants to be there. But he has to give some kind of guy-centric rationale for why he's there. And that rationale yeah. he gave was, I want to annoy Ryu, and I want to get Kyuri. Uh -huh. 100%. So, I mean, he, he wants to be a hero. And so that dominant trait coming out, I think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I have more I'm going to say on this later, because there's more of Guy's personality I want to touch on. But I'm holding that off until episode 13 and 14. 
Okay. Fair I think enough. the only other thing I wanted to say is that I was I thought it was weird how like so the way that this episode's climax works is that Aya, their mentor, is trying to like change them back with the team falling apart. It's weird how she's only trying to help Ryu because, like, in the climax, she puts Ryu in a helicopter and watches while the other Jetmen are fighting. Maybe it's because Ryu is yeah. the leader. It felt like Ryu was just getting special treatment in this episode. That was kind of annoying to me. Yeah, I didn't care for that either, and I kind of forgot that even happened until right now. Yeah. I look kind of did laugh a little bit of that, because she's like, get in the, get in the helicopter before I shoot you! I will mm-hmm. bust in your ass! I mean, you don't get in this, this helicopter. One way to kind of look at that, if you want to try and justify it, and not call it favoritism, it's that Ryu, when his d- lesser dominant per- trait comes out, is more of a risk on the field. Yeah, I guess. But that's that's a weak. Um, I can't even believe it myself. Yeah. But if you want to try and justify it, there's your justification. Because like we're over here fighting for our lives, and you just over here just. No, legitimately. In one scene, he actually almost could have been, like, critically harmed. Yeah. Like, th- there ain't no other way to put that. But yeah, I still really like this. I- I'd give this episode an 8 out of 10. You guys don't have to give that unless you want to, but that's just how I want to end all the episode talks from now on. Uh, unless you want to give a grade real quick. I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. Uh, not my favorite, but I'll give it a six point five. Just, just cause. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can see that too. Episode. All right. Next up, we got a filler episode called Hellbound Bus, which is a filler episode revolving around Kaori and Raita. Uh, in this episode, uh, Kaori and Raita are riding a bus to uh, go to uh, Raita's place. And a bunch of passengers continue to get mysteriously murdered, and they have to find out who the culprit is. Uh, Ryu, Guy, and Akko don't appear until, like, what, there's, like, two, like, not even five minutes left in the episode. Yeah. Uh, Aya doesn't appear at all. Uh, we do get a former Sentai actress, Ranger, in this episode. Uh, the actress who played Lowu, uh, Pink Flash, in Shoshinsei Flashman, guest stars as a suicidal passenger in this episode. Just wanted to, yeah, just wanted to point out that fun bit of trivia. Uh, to kind of break the ice with this episode, um, I do like how the episode doesn't even waste time, like... I, I like. I actually remember when I was watching this episode for the first time. I was really afraid that they were going to try to make it seem like a murder thing, I and mean, then like, oh my god, the virus behind it. But no, the episode right from the starting gate makes it clear that the virus is responsible. So I'm glad that they didn't go for that because it would have just been a really predictable plot twist. Uh, it was predictable though that the bus would turn out to be the mo- the murderer. 
and a monster, but it's fine. I mean, that's not a huge deal. Uh, the Aquas, like, okay, it's, it's cool that she played Pink Flash and everything, and, you know, I'll be watching that Sentai at some point. I'm sure she's great, but she was creepy in this episode. Without, without like, there's, like, so what happens in this episode is that every time the bus goes through a tunnel and then it comes out, someone ends up dead. And then there's a point where the bus is about to pass through a tunnel and she's, like, laughing, like, hysterical, like, yay, I'm about to die. That was just creepiest. Like, I, yeah. I will say, if you were to make me give an award for creepiest character in this 10-episode segment, she would get runner-up. Oh, yeah. Again, I, I'm not going to hold that against her when I watch Flashman. I'm sure she was great in that Sentai, but still. Um, I think what I like about this episode, though, is that we get a lot of great character development for Kaori. She's much more uh, able to act on instinct and be braver. Like, there's a point where a guy is uh, threatening the suicidal passenger with a knife. And she shows no fear and punches him. So I think Kaori gets a lot of great character development, you know, being a lot more confident in herself in this episode. So I really like that. Um, there's one other thing I'll say, but it's, you know, just a small little nitpick. You know, you guys can uh, give your thoughts real quick before I go into that. Go ahead. Uh, can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. So, I actually like this episode, to be honest with you. Like, the whole mystery thing. I knew that it was the bus. I think the second the second person, the second victim had gotten uh, killed or whatever. I was like, I was like, hmm. Because they, they could have easily have just made it so, like, like the Byram on the bus could have been one of the, one of the passengers. But I figure it was probably going to be the bus anyway, because of how, like, because there was no way that, like, someone was going to, I could end up getting, getting murdered without, like, somebody noticing something, you know, or, like, noticing somebody's habits or movements, you know what I'm saying? So, I like this episode. I'm always the type of person where, like, I always try, like, to figure out who, who the murder, I kind of, like, low-key like murder, like, murder uh, mysteries, and it's always been my, been my thing to, like, like just be a part of that one, one day where we're just like trying to figure out who did what. Mm -hmm. I like this episode. Um, the murder mystery part made it more interesting. I, I'll be honest, I didn't catch on to it being the bus until much later than you guys probably did. I didn't, I didn't even predict that until much later. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it didn't seem obvious to me immediately that it was the bus. But I don't know. Um, moving on from that, other things I like is that Kyori does become her, get more to her own like self. Like she's not playing off of Ryu or Guy, and she's kind of able to take charge a little bit with Raito. And that's partly because they're both very passive personalities compared to the others. So having them get some screen time to develop and give us more of who they are, it's been nice. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Did anybody else want to say anything? They should start doing doing stuff like this more often because I'm like, like, I don't probably know my probably know since I probably like I'm I'm not too familiar with them using the whole like murder mystery thing of who did what, but I feel like it, it's needed. It should be in more stuff, you know. I mean, it's like obviously with episodes like that, it has to turn out to be a monster, but. You can go the route of like who is the who is the monster in a human disguise type of route. Yeah. Like, uh, one one thing I found weird about this episode, and I don't know, maybe I was paying just way too much attention, but the Jet Icarus transformation in this episode, the theme for the mech is playing for the first time because we didn't get it in the previous episode. The the and the episode where it actually debuted, I checked. We're shown like the full transformation sequence, right down to like Ryu giving his hand motions. Like this is the first time they're using Jet Icarus. I don't know. That just seemed like maybe I'm just paying so much too more attention to tiny stuff like that because I've seen these episodes before. But that just seemed weird. Like this is the first time they're using Jet Icarus. Nothing that hurts the episode, just a weird aesthetic, I guess you could say. But I, I really enjoyed it for the character development we get for Kaori, so that's why I give it a 9 out of 10. Indeed. I'm going to go at 8.5 on this one. I'm going to go with uh, Nathan's uh, score on this one, because I, like I said, I really enjoyed the, the figuring out who did, who did it, you know. Yeah. Even if, if even if the like thing was obvious, I just I just liked it because it was just like, oh snap! Because like one by one, the people are just like you know, just getting off, and it's just so interesting. And then like the the scene at the end where like the girl decides that like you know what I I do have something to live for like where she, where she had the the turnaround where like she didn't want to die, she was afraid to die because because. She was, I guess, in a situation where, like, she could potentially die in a worse way possible. And then with Calvary saving her, that, that changed her mindset. And she's like, you know what? I'm, I have something to live for. And she's like, I'm going to continue on. I'm like, that's good. You know, that's good. Yeah, it is. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Because, like, she is fine. I don't know what she, she is out her, like, who would turn her down? Not me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just saying. Anything else you guys want to add? No, nah, I'm good. All right. Uh, 13 and 14 are a two-part episode. Um, basically, just uh, it's meant to emphasize like internal issues between both the Jetman and the Byram. Um, in part one, uh, episode 13, Maze of Love, uh, Basically, we get a lot of drama with the Jetmen because uh, Kaori is, you know, making very blatant romantic advances to him. Like she, she cooks him a dinner for his birthday when he turns twenty six, and then goes out of her way to knit him a sweater. A uh, guy confronts him on that and admits that he likes Kaori, but of course, uh, Ryu is still reeling from losing Rie. In fact, this is the first time that he. 
actually, you know, starts to have like, you know, remembering this trauma from losing her and he rejects her, um, which causes a lot of drama. Um, and in part, and uh, basically the entire episode is just Ryu and Guy clashing over their feelings for Kaori while they're also battling a camera monster that takes photographs and traps people inside. And uh, a subplot is that uh, Gray is developing feelings for Maria because uh, he takes a liking to her classic piano music that she's able to play flawlessly, which plays a huge part in this. And of course, we don't know yet. And I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to give spoilers to the two other guys in this podcast. But uh, we get a flashback of Ryu and Rie on a date where she plays some music. I think it's Beethoven on the piano flawlessly. And then later on, Maria is able to play that exact same song on the piano flawlessly. I'm not going to say anything, but... (laughs) I think people can under- can see where this is going, but we're not going to talk about that yet because we're not getting ahead of ourselves. Um, so yeah, um, I love this episode. Um, I Well, I got a lot to say here, so I'm actually going to let... Uh, oh, and uh, one other thing here. Uh, we get introduced to the Jetman's uh, new team cannon that they're going to use throughout the show. Uh, reuse... Uh, little doom buggy vehicle the jet striker gets modified to become the fire bazooka nothing huge really important there i just wanted to point that out but yeah aside from that you guys can give your thoughts real quick because i got a lot to say about this episode i have a ton to say about these two episodes as well so anthony if you don't you can go first okay so with these two episodes um it's very interesting how there's all that's like a love triangle, or should I can I even call it a love triangle? I think it's more of like a love square, kind of. I don't know, like, because you know, you have a uh, guy who wants to be with Kaori, you have you know, Kaori wants to be with Ryu, but Ryu doesn't want Kaori because he's still missing, missing his ex who's dead, and then you have freaking um, wait, is it safe to say that, that Raichu likes? Kaori, I, I want to make sure I'm not... 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he does. Okay. It's yeah, mentioned. So he basically loved her, too. Because I could tell from, like, episode one, he was feeling her, and they I, they did transform together, and they were, you know, fighting together, and it's like, I can see the potential there, but I, but it... I don't know. It, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking, like, maybe... It's quite difficult because, like, you have each. The story is really good at doing, um, like love triangles because I this it's similar thing happens in Dawn Brooks, but I can't go into that because of spoilers. But like, yeah, it's it's not. Thankfully, it's not with other teammates. It's just you know. But two Rangers do, and I'm trying to trying to figure out their feelings for for a, for the same girl. But it's it's a lot more complicated than just that. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that you brought up, uh, you know, I want to bring up this little uh, thing with Anthony mentioning that Raita also has feelings for Kaori. I, 
Okay, as someone who's watched this series before, I don't like that. I, I really don't. And, you know, I, I just want to get this little rant out of the way here. So, okay, I, I, you guys can probably figure this out already, but Raita and Kaori is not going to be a thing in the show. Like, <laughs> you can probably guess with that. And I hope that Raita is part of this little love triangle because, first of all, we already had an episode that establishes that Raita has a romantic interest in his friend Satsuki. And so we already established that. And he's, like, jumping for joy like a man in love when she reveals that she has feelings for Yellow Owl and she secretly knows that he's Yellow Owl. So, like, what the, what the hell? This is useless. And second of all, like, it doesn't impact anything. Like, like I said, and I'm sorry for that one little minor spoiler, but you know what? It's not that big of a deal, like, because with how they go, like, it's not going to amount to anything. You're throwing a wrench into this little love triangle that's already more complicated. Like, why does Raita have to be part of this? Because he's a fine character by himself. He doesn't need to be in this drama stuff. Just, if there's one major flaw I have about this whole love triangle thing, it's the fact that Raita is in it. When he doesn't have to be! Just... So... If you're done, I'm going to use this as a segue point, Nate. Yeah, go ahead. So, Sorry. No, 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 you're, you're good. Um, thanks for doing half my work for me. Um, yeah, I agree. I think this is a really poor episode for Raito. But unlike you, Nathan, I don't like these two episodes one bit. Um, and here's why. Even, even like in the first 10 episodes we watched, um, I found Guy's professing of love for Kyuri kind of out of left field in the first two episodes. Like, there was no buildup. He had no basis to say that he liked her except that she was pretty. And so I assumed, okay, cool. He just hits on every pretty girl. That's no big deal. And yeah. I moved on from that. Like, okay, that's fine. But Dedicating two episodes here to him trying to convince us that he has real feelings for her bugs me. He doesn't need to be doing this. It's pointless for his character. The story has no value. Um, like, Guy is already kind of established to be a player and a playboy. And honestly, what does he know about Kyori even, like, now? Like, 12 episodes in at this point. And the answer is not a lot. I mean, he knows she's kind and pretty, and that's really it. But they haven't spent a lot of time together, honestly. So forcing this triangle or square or whatever, it truly bugs me. If you wanted to have a romance thing right here, instead of in Kairi having a thing for Ryu, Instead of in Guy making fun of Ryu, because Guy is a jackass like that, and that'd be perfect character development for him. And instead of in Raita and Akko just kind of being there, not doing much. Like, that should have been what happened here. This entire square makes no sense. It's pointless, and I hate it. Now, can I reiterate something? 
Go for like, it. I, yeah, like, maybe, like, maybe, maybe I could, like, give, like, maybe a possible, like, theory that maybe Guy doesn't really, truly love Kauri. Maybe he's only doing this because he's jealous of that, that, that Ryu is like, is it, that she likes Ryu and not him. It's like an ego thing. It's like, oh, I wish, I wish, you know, because, like, we we know that God has like this, this rivalry with Ryu. Maybe it's not the fact that he, that she likes Ryu. Maybe it's like he wishes that he he just wants to one up Ryu like he always does. I mean, okay, if it's one upping Ryu, that's fine, and that'd be okay. But this isn't one upping Ryu. This is him getting hurt on his own. Like even when he's not with the other Jetman, you can tell he's really upset. And not because he's trying to one up Ryu, because he they're trying to force him to like her, but I don't see him liking her yet. I mean, maybe later in the season they'll start dating and I'll agree with it then. But right now, no. They have no chemistry. They have no common interest. They have no anything. They're just two people on a team. Their acquaintances at best, maybe friends if you really want to try and push that envelope, but I'm not going to. So for for this to be at this junction of the series, I don't like it. Now, as for Kaori like Re- liking Ryu, what are your thoughts on that? Because for me, I kind of did see it maybe like in a previous episode, maybe like she liked the fact that she that he was pushing her or like to, to be a better person. Maybe that's why she fell in love with that. But I could be wrong. No, no, hundred percent. I agree with that. That makes sense to me for the reason you gave. But also because he's the one that recruited her and gave her something in life more than being a spoiled rich girl. Yeah. So I I definitely am okay with Kyrie like in Ryu. That's fine. That's perfect. It makes sense for Kyrie's character. It makes sense for Ryu's character to uh, de- decline her. What doesn't make sense is Guy. Like, Guy doesn't need this development. I'll say it again. Like, he does not need this development. He is already a phenomenal character without it. And honestly, this arc makes me lose a little bit of my interest in him as a character because it's harming him more than helping him. It, it and, and can we, and can I also iterate that, like, my God, they, they didn't turn my boy into like just a creep in this episode because like yeah, like I I can I'm like yeah, dude, I get the fact that guy is a player. He's like he's like you know this guy who just loves to he loves to flirt women and all that. But you never ever 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 force yourself on a woman like that. We don't and, like he. Yeah, that this. was pretty bad. And that's when I started hating him as a character a little bit. Like I, I don't hate him. Let me let me rephrase that. I don't hate Guy, but I hated him in that instant. Yeah, so, it's like, like we don't we don't. It, it's poor character development. Like, no. Because also, if you think about it, Guy up until now, okay, yeah, he's a jackass, he's aloof, he's this, that, and the other, but he has honor. It may not be honor that you can see all the time. But suddenly you can tell he follows the code of honor. He's a nice guy. No pun intended. 
Um, but, but this is like, Nate, I hate to say it, but this is, this is like somebody that writes fanfics and took over the writer's studio for like two episodes and made this up. Yeah, this, I guess that, I can see that. That's the level of writing we have in episode 13 and 14. This is fanfic level writing. It makes no sense. It's unneeded. And it's only there to pander to somebody's sip. Yeah. I, I think your feelings are warranted. So, yeah, like, I, I still, I still like. I go ahead. Yeah, there, there are. No, go ahead, Anthony. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt y'all, but like, I kind of had that same feeling when. Riz can come up if I can back me up on this one because he knows how I feel about this whole thing. This feels like the whole thing with Oliver Queen from Arrow. Dude. Dude. I hated that so much. I was like, why do they do this? Why do they have these? Okay, so people are familiar with Arrow. Arrow is basically a uh, live-action adaption of Green Arrow from the DC Comics uh, into a live-action series on, C- on CW a couple years ago. Um, in that show... Oliver Queen is, of course, the Green Arrow. He's going around being a vigilante and, you know, fighting crime and, you know, whatnot. He is assisted by his tech-savvy hacker girl who is uh, called Flitzy Smoke. And as the years went on and the seasons continued, they decided to give him a romance. Like, they decided to actually get get them together because I think the fans wanted them to get together. And, of course, CW is like, you know, Let's do that. And I'm like, no. We don't need to ship everybody like that. That it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. It's just Exactly. And he had a better relationship with his girlfriend his his ex-girlfriend, you know. It it just it who is, you know, of course Black Canary, but it just didn't work well with me. I I was not satisfied with that. No, one hundred percent Anthony, that's the best comparison I've heard so far about this entire situation. Um, honestly, like, up until now, the the most I could say about Guy and Kyrie before episode 13 began playing is that maybe they're friends and he sometimes flirts with her, like he flirts at everyone and he can't flirt with Akko because that'd be kind of creepy. So, sees the outlet he gets to flirt with while in the base. But, Honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he flirted with Aya. I wouldn't be surprised if he flirted with other random women. That's his stick. That's his thing. But to make him this lovesick puppy dog for uh, only Kyuri, that's fanfic writing at its best. Or pandering to people who want the sip to happen. Yeah, I so, I can see where you're coming from. So that that's my that's my rant on these two episodes, and and mine too. Because like I just like I said, I just do not like forced shipping. It just does not work for me. Yeah, I mean, there's some things I like about this. I think Kaori is really cute at the beginning with how giddy she is over Ryu liking her food. She's really I mean, adorable there. That's not the issue yeah. though. Like she's always gonna be cute and adorable. That's a that's her stick. That's her thing. 
I do I do like Ryu's dilemma in this episode though, where like he finds where like, you know, Guy has to point out that Kaori clearly has a thing for him. And then, you know, Guy is all like, Have you ever liked a girl? And then that brings back some really traumatizing memories for him. So I think Ryu like I think Ryu is the best character in this episode because like he, you know, he's clearly going through something where, you know, he rejects Kaori, but he clearly doesn't he's sad that he has to do that, but it's because, you know, he he lost his lady love and he doesn't want to betray Rie. That's a pretty genuine thing to go through. And at at the very end of the episode, he's clearly trying to advocate for a guy. Like, you know, Kaori saying, like, hey Ryu, you were so awesome. You saved us. And then Guy and then Ryu is all like, "Well, I mean, Guy helped me a little bit, so it's like he's trying to help Guy out a little bit." I, I think Ryu, I think Ryu is the best guy in this episode, to be honest. So I'm gonna take this one step further, Nate, and I'm gonna say Ryu is the best person in the episode because he stays true as the character from start to finish up until right now. The sec, the second best person after him is Akko, because Akko doesn't do anything. She's not involved. And she's doing Akko like things that make sense. Everyone else? No. Screw him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the, the only other thing I'll say is that I love the th- dynamic that they're doing between Gray and Maria. There's not that much dialogue. And I also love, you know, I mentioned that whole piano flashback thing. What I love is that the writers aren't trying to, like, spell everything out for you like they just like they don't do something where like when maria is playing the piano they try to make some weird edits to make it look similar it's very subtle foreshadowing and i love it um yeah i don't want to give any other spoilers though because neither of you guys have seen the rest of this sentai um okay, on, then. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't figure out what the deal is but like i don't want to say anything either so what should you do for the rating of this episode, though, both of you? Out of ten, I give it a seven. It would have been an eight if everybody, if everybody wasn't, you know, being. If some people weren't being a either a creepy or b just acting totally just not out of character, but just well, yeah, I say out of character, but like just acting just off, you know. So. I'm going to be the mean one of the group. I'm going to give this like a three or a four. Wow. This this to me is almost at the same tier of how I felt about Takata in the early episodes of Simkinser. Like, that's how angry I am at these two episodes. I'd probably give it a seven. Nothing special. Like I said, it would have been higher up had they just not done that and then you have the whole thing with like her being uh caught off guard like that it's like it's like what and then i don't understand is why do they transform when they're dealing with monsters like that i mean i get they're being ambushed i understand that but like there are every times in episodes where i'm just like they really could have henchin right then and there i think what it is that maybe like Nate, if, if can you can you verify that in some older Sentai, do, do they just not transform it in, in some older Sentai? Yeah. Not yeah, at all, but no. They don't do that that much. Okay. Oh, because, so, like, I'm a tangent here for a quick second. 
It's like in Mighty Morphin and some of the Zordon era. You have a lot of civilian fight scenes, right? Like that's what I'm noticing too. Yeah, more more civilian fight scenes than you have ranger scenes. But as you get further into like time, like Gokai, um, maybe even like the newer stuff like Zenkaiser and on the ranger side of things, Dino Fury and all them, they Henson morph almost immediately. Like there is no. Mm-hmm. Lim- putties and you know try and take them out myself no they have Henson immediately but in the older stuff like before and around Mighty Morphin and Zia Ranger they definitely fight more in like civilian fights I think it's because Henshining is like considered to be like the beginning of like the episode's climax because like usually when they hinge in like they'll play the theme song of the show they even did that in power rangers in a handful of episodes where yeah. like they would morph and then you would hear the go go power rangers while they're battling against the putties and everything so well so one thing i think impacts this is that in the early episodes of um all of this like all sentai and all ranger the run times are a lot smaller. So yeah. I think getting those five, ten minutes later give more room for like Ranger fight scenes and all that. Okay. But along the way, they lost their idea of civilian fights to be as uh, prevalent as they had been in the past. Yep. And that's because they're trying to market the toys more as you get further in. I mean, in Jetman. It, you don't really get the sense that they're trying to market toys. They're trying to sell a story. But, you know, Senken, Gokai, GoBuster, all the other newer Sentai, they are heavily marketing a toy. Yep. And likewise for the Rangers in this thing. Mm-hmm. We want to move on to the next one now, guys? Yeah, yeah, before I start my... Oh, wait, I have one more rant to give. There is one thing I want to mention about Ryu that they, we could have done a lot better here. Uh-huh. So we could have had this two-parter with him dealing more with his grief. Yeah. And that would have made this episode go from my three to, like, a nine. Almost uh, there'll be There'll be an episode that... Uh revolves more around that grief much later. You'll you'll definitely yeah. enjoy that one. But but see but see that that loses some of the impact because if it's much later than episode twenty, I'm kind of spoiling here for the for our audience, but if it's much later than episode twenty, then it starts to feel a bit more out of place. Like he lost his fiance episode one. He doesn't really mention her he has an episode in, in the first 10 bats where he's being marketed off to another girl by his grandma. And that was a perfect time as well to bring up, you know, Rhea and his grief, but they don't ever mention it at all. And, I would argue that it's more because of his... You can go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I was like, I don't want people to think that, 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 that oh, it's just a filler that shouldn't be candid story, but at the same time, it's like they still should have just brought it up, regardless. No, they should have. That's stronger storytelling at the end of the day. Yeah, 
Yeah, like, and I mean, they're. They're dropping the ball heavily with character development and with keeping things consistent from episode to episode. Yeah, but I would argue that him just now remembering Rie is kind of within character of him because, like, he's a soldier and, you know, a Sky Force officer and he's been trained not, like... Even he himself, you know, he says that we can't put our personal feelings before everyone else. So he's like, because of his training, he's like repressed all this like grief that he has in regards to Rie. And, you know, he briefly remembers it. Yeah, I know. But like, so and that's where, you know, him remembering Rie and, you know, getting all emotional like this is, you know, kind of holding his emotions in check. I think it's more that, you know, he's grieving over Rie, but for right now, at least for now, not saying that it's going to happen forever, but at least for now, he's managing to keep his emotions in check because of his training. Like, but at least just for now. It's a very delicate situation, though, if you understand what I'm trying to say. No, I get it. I just feel like, Yes, there's training. Yes, he's a good soldier. Yes, he's like Captain America and all the others. But even Captain America has like bouts of, I don't like that I lost Peggy. I don't like that I can't be with my one true love. Like, you know, that's that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when something big like his grandma bringing up this random girl, um that was a good time to bring up his emotion then. Like, that's that would have been a good point for him to break from Soul's routine and delve yeah, like, into it. I mean, you you can say what you will about, like, the maybe he wants to keep, take, keep that from his other teammates because you know, he, he feels like that would, I don't know, deter them from something or whatever. I, can, I, I, may, I may let that slide, but, like, his own grandma could have, he could at least told his own grandma because, like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, he did and the fact that he doesn't even bring her, like, it just, it just think it's weird. There's no flashback. Yeah, like, the, the thing is, is that they could have easily, easily, and maybe had the grandma, like, uh, okay. Why is it that when, in the first episode, yeah, we, we introduced to, to his, his girlfriend, whatever, why isn't that his family doesn't know about her? Or he doesn't send postcards to his grandma saying, hey, I met this girl, blah, 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 we're in love, blah, 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 that, that type of thing. Or like, at least call her and let her know, and then she may find out what happens to her, and then that's probably the reason why she's trying to get, you know, try to set her grandson up, grandson up with somebody else, because, you know, maybe he maybe she he, he feels like he needs somebody else to kind of get over his... His girlfriend. That's at least something I would do if I'm writing the if I'm writing the story and I just and I'm thinking, yeah. oh my grandma. Oh well, the grandma in story is being introduced. Let me try to get her to set him up. Not just because he, you know, he he's thirty. He wants like you know have a girlfriend or whatever because he's he's married or whatever. That just seems too jokey, jokey, high, funny. Maybe have it to where like he. I want to set her. I want to set my grandson up with someone because. He lost someone very important to him, and I don't want him to keep thinking about dwelling in the past. I want him to move on and maybe potentially find somebody that can make him happy, you know, and he has to worry about losing her or whatever. Yeah. Now, I will ask you this. 
Would you have been opposed to having this two-part episode occur much earlier, like before the grandma episode? I would have been fine with that. I would have been fine with it, you know, but like I I said... I think that's better storytelling if we had this before. Yeah. Because then it could kind of make sense, like, okay, he's dealt with some of the stress. He's kind of let it out a little bit. So it's okay to not mention the grandma. It's okay to kind of not mention it when something like that happens. But, yeah, you know, it's it's more to question why why does he lock up here but not there? Right. And, and that's, the, that's the point I'm trying to drive home here. I hope you understand that. It's almost as if, like, not saying the writers are just, like, just forgot how he hit his grief, but, like, I don't know, maybe because, like, whoever is directing each episode just was, like, they're not consistent with it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's a possibility, depending on who wrote every episode as well, like, and what they know and what they're keeping up with. But there should have been a cohesion between all the writers to keep everything consistent, you know? Well, and, that's and the problem to, with to, early Sentai. Yeah, it, it definitely yeah. is. And I'm glad it's something like, that we fixed in later Sentai. We still like the show. is just, we're just seeing the small flaws in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no Sentai is perfect. Oh, yeah, I'm just nitpicking like hell right now. I'm not, like, actually hating on Jetman. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's just, that's just, like, I don't want people to think, or, or Nate to think that we're just, like, trying to find, like, we're trying to bag on, on Jetman and we're finding, trying to find ways not to like it. No, we still like it. Yeah. We just know it's yeah, of course. Like this, and it's just something we have to, like, talk about, because if we don't talk yeah. about it, then, you know, we can't really say it's flawless, you know? Well, I'd be okay. doing a really bad job as my job as a reviewer if I don't mention this. Yeah. Yep. Because, you know, part of what we do here with the Anime Secrets Network is we review stuff and give critical opinions based off of our experiences with the medium and also what we're seeing in the medium. Mm-hmm. And so this is very much in line, like with us critiquing the crap out of it, but still enjoying it, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's all I had, Nate. Um, Same. Nothing else to say. Cool. Then onwards to episode 15 and more filler. Yep. We have two filler episodes now. Uh, episode 15, it's an Akko-centric episode called High School Student Warrior. Uh, this is one of those episodes, basically, it's, it's a typical episode where, you know, uh, Ranger has to uh, constantly be uh, leave to uh, you know go on, to go on ranger duties, and her best and their best friend is annoyed because uh, they don't know that she's a ranger and blah blah blah. Um, in this case, this episode, uh, Akko ha- it has a strained relationship with her best friend Kyoko uh, because she constantly has to leave for her jetman duties, and at the same time, the jetmen are battling against a monster that harnesses harnesses energy by stealing people's voices, and he does this to both Akko and Kyoko. Uh, right, right off the bat, I want to say this. I love this monster's voice. He sounds like Goldar from Mighty Morphin if he was speaking Japanese. Dude. <laughs> it was. Dude, you took my opinion from me, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that everybody else sees that. That was hilarious to me. I wish he was voicing Graforzer in G Ranger instead of the other guy. And I don't 
and I don't mean any uh, disrespect to that voice actor, but yeah, he sounds like Goldar. Um, the only thing I want to say here is that okay, so this episode establishes that Akko has a love for singing and wants to like you know do some of her own singing when she grows up. Uh, th that's kind of a recurring plot point in some episodes for the remainder of the show. I think it's weird, though, because m maybe, uh, maybe you guys think I'm wrong, but I always got the feeling that Akko is more of a tomboy type of girl, like someone who's it, like, you know, someone who's a little bit more athletic and, you know, into, you know, just kind of a tough tomboy, so, and again, you know, and I apologize if this sounds, don't take this the wrong way, but she just never struck me as the kind of girl that would have a passion for music and singing. So it just seems weird. I, yeah. I actually think this is really good development for her. Okay. I, I don't mind if she's a singer. I don't mind if she loves music. Honestly, this gave Akko something more to being random high school girl that is a jet man now. Like, up until now, I've been complaining about how I don't like Akko's character development, but this is something I liked. Um, I don't necessarily like Akko much more than before, but I definitely respect seeing more depth given to her than was given to her before. What about you, Anthony? I like this episode. Um, it was like a nice, you know, like, you know, cute focus episode for her. Um, I didn't hate it, but like I said, I think I'm starting to see why people, why, why, why you guys think this, like, she's y'all's she's least favorite. I'm starting to see that now. I'm just like, yeah, she's not really got anything really going for her, really. She doesn't. I mean, I... Okay, I know we recorded the first ten episodes last week, and I know it's been a little—it's been a week since then. But I honestly can't even name what her character development episodes were in the last ten. Like, mm -hmm. I—it's a blank. I remember nothing of her character, and that's bad because I'm actively watching this. But like, nothing of her character is interesting enough to stick, and that's the problem. Yeah. I think the best part of this episode is when uh, Raita dresses up in drag so that they can lure the monster. Dude, Raita made, made this episode like an like a 8.5 or 9 for me because of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, one thing that always I found weird about this episode is that we see Akko get called away for her Jetman duties three times. But we're only shown what she's doing once. Like, and we never get a voiceover on what's going on on her communicator. So it's like, can we get some explanation for what she's doing? Like, were the Vyrum attacking with their foot soldiers? Was there a training session? It, it, it just feels it really contrived. It shouldn't matter, though, because the, the point isn't what she's doing in this episode. The point is... She's having to leave her school and her friends and her extracurricular activities 
at the moment's notice to go do her set man duty. It doesn't matter if she's going to go fight the Viram or go wasp at Zord. Like, it's the same thing. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I can go with that. It's supposed to highlight the fact that, remember, because she's the only Jetman in the team that's still in high school. Yeah. So, we're, more or less, we're just trying to get, like, a, a, a glimpse of what a life is like for a young teenager who's a superhero. And yeah. she has to go off and fight crime or whatever and, and save the world because, you know, and it's supposed to highlight the fact that, that oh, yeah, like, I got to save the world and I got to leave to do my, you know, heroing thing and. Because that was a common trope for Mighty Morphin, especially Mighty Morphin and, and any other power in season that has high school rangers in it. So Yeah. But I still think this episode was solid. You know, uh, I give it a 7, just because we get something with Akko. Yeah, I, I think I give it a 7, too, as well. I'm giving it an 8.5, because they're doing something with Akko that's respectable, and I like it. Plus, Raito was in drag, and that's pretty funny to me. <laughs> yeah, Raito... Dude, Raito might become might become my favorite set man by the end of all this. And that's cool. I like that. Um, you know, Raito needs to give bigger men give some bigger men representation in in Super Sentai. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, did you want to say one thing, Anthony, before we move on? No, we're good. Okay. All right, next up, episode sixteen, Paper Uprising, which is a filler episode, and I guess it's kind of a Ryu episode, although not really, because Ryu doesn't really have much character in this episode. Uh, this episode, uh, the Jetman battle against a paper-themed dimension beast that can bring drawings to life, and Ryu befriends this mysterious little girl who turns out to be the spirit of the dead daughter of a famous artist. Uh, I'm actually just going to give my thoughts really quick, just because it's going to be short and sweet and to the point. This episode was boring. I don't remember anything from this episode. I honestly, in this rewatch, I honestly forgot that this episode even existed. Um, the only thing that I kind of liked was when Guy briefly was telling Ryu to like take the girl to safety while the Jetmen were fighting. Kind of a nice, noble moment for Guy. I wish Raita was in the spotlight instead of Ryu, because spoiler alert here, guys, he... None of these episodes that we're reviewing today in this video have Raita as the central character. So I wish that Raita got the spotlight instead, uh, if only just so he could get a little bit of a spotlight. That's a complaint. Well, but... well Raita also fits better than Ryu for the story anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, this episode is just boring. I, I, I um, But I'll give my rating after you guys are done. I'm going to echo Nathan here. This episode is boring. I didn't care about it. Moving on to the next episode, please. <laughs> really? Yeah. I had the... Well, I think the episode was boring, but I think it was just... I think it was pretty sad, in my personal opinion, because, like, the fact that, like, you know, this this, this man had lost his daughter, and... Yeah, know, that's a thing sad thing. That's emotional, but... Yeah, but it... It's it's a sad scene, it's emotional, it's well done emotion. But it doesn't help that it is filler that right. in day, it, nothing in this episode mattered. It would have been more made more sense. I get what you guys are saying, but I just maybe I saw the episode a bit differently the way you guys felt, but it, that's just me though. Yeah. 
I gave it a four. Just meh. I'm gonna go with a five. I'm gonna give it a six. Okay. Okay. Well, that's cool. You average up to five, so I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> okay, next up, we get a another two parter. Um, episode seventeen, the revived Impressed, and episode eighteen, a guy dies. Wow, you're definitely. I, I am, I I am like, gonna say something here real quick. Uh huh. I've watched Gokai. When they had the episode title "Flask Guy Dies," I was like, "No, it's thirty episodes too early for that." Of course. <laughs> so I was like, "Horrible title, guys! Come on." Well, I mean, they couldn't possibly have known that. You know, twenty five years later, they'd have Gokaiser confirm he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's a spoiler for the audience. I mean, this two parter. Um, Juza, who is the Empress of the Virum, whom everybody thought was dead, arrives in the front dimension and takes control of the Virum. She begins attacking humans with a spell that causes crystals to grow out of their bodies, and she harnesses the pain and suffering of the humans and uh, uses it as energy so that she can slowly uh, cause this egg wrapped around her to grow until it'll hatch a powerful monster called Semimaru. Uh, Guy gets hit with her spell while protecting Kaori in episode 17. Uh, as it continues in episode 18, Guy, you know, okay, spoiler alert, he ends up dying, everybody ends up dying with what happens with Juza because, like, the crystals that grow out of their body, like, completely, like, you know, they completely turn into crystals. And uh, Guy ends up going through with that. And I'll talk more about Guy's moments in a little bit. Um, Radigan, meanwhile, in episode 17, actually turned on Juza and was banished to Earth to live as a human with no memory of his past. And uh, most of episode 18 is revolving around him uh, living like a normal life with this woman that falls in love with him. But then he regains his memory and helps the Jetman defeat Juza and uh, not helps her, but like he stabs Juza in the back and then the Jetman finish her off before he kills her. And he steals her egg and takes the Semimaru beast, which is still just a baby, for himself. Um, the first thing I want to say, just giving my thoughts on this episode, is that... So I'll give more on the character stuff in a little bit after everybody else um, has given their opinions. From a plot perspective, though... I think Juza gets killed off way too soon. Like, I think without the plot that Juza plays in this episode, she's just a slightly more powerful and glorified monster of the day. I think the best way that what you could do is that have her come in, and she's accompanied by, like, a vizier or a bodyguard type of character, and that guy is the monster of the day that the Jetmen defeat. And her taking over the Byram is a temporary change. And then maybe, ha and it does end with her banishing Radigan, and he's going around in his human form, and then maybe have, like, I don't know, maybe two or three, maybe four episodes of her being the leader of the Byram, and 
just establishing that Gray, Torin, and Maria don't like her. And, uh, you know, they want to establish a coup while at the same time Radigat is, like, enjoying his life with this girl, but continues to have flashbacks. And then have the next uh, multi-parter episode revolve around Radigat returning and having them kill off Juza, like, in a coup attempt. And then maybe have the two-parter after that revolve around them, around him, uh, like, using Semimaru. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't like how they brought back Empress Juza just to kill her off, like, one episode later. She's basically just a glorified monster of the day in that regard, and that shouldn't be the case, given, like, the big role that she supposedly has in the Vyrum. Right. So, I'm gonna just say real quick, when Zuza came on the scene, she was kind of becoming my favorite uh, Vyrum villain we had. Like, I enjoyed her character a lot. And for her to die that quickly felt kind of insulting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to her as a character, like, see, her, her threat level was non-existent. Like, her coming back meant nothing. And, like, if you have your generals kind of leading your army and you're thought to be dead, and they're doing the best they can on their own while infighting's occurring, and then you come back and everyone's like, oh, hey, our, our empress is back, you would kind of expect her to do something and have a bigger role and last longer than, like, yeah. An episode and a half. Like, she didn't even last a whole full two episodes, honestly. It's so, like, funny because, like, I remember when I, like, like on the Jetman's, like, uh, page for the SuperSentai.com, she's listed under the main villain section. Like, I remember once I was reading, like, a blog post where someone did, like, a list of, like, the monsters of the day for Jetman, and Juza is listed in that little list, like, th- that's what I realized, that she's basically just a glorified monster of the day, and that's really annoying. Yeah. Like... I, I, no, go ahead, Riz. I, I was just gonna reiterate, like, they did do the completely wrong, and again, Definitely. this is this is the, the writer's not knowing how to write characters well in the 90s. Like, they had an insanely good potential for plot here, and they squandered it for no reason, apparently. And I, I would have been cool with them, like, oh, like I don't think they should have kept Juza around for the entire series. I oh, would have been cool with them keeping her, her around for just, like, one... Like, I don't know, Jetman seems to have a thing where it's like, you have a multi-parter episode and a couple of fillers, then another multi-part, a multi-part episode that changes some dynamics, then a couple of fillers, then another multi-parter that changes the dynamic, then a couple of fillers, and etc. So I'm fine with like him being the leader of the Byron for like a couple of fillers, and then the next story arc we get like a coup attempt. Yeah, yeah. So moving on to my thoughts on the two-parter as a whole. Can they stop messing up Guy's character? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please. Like, okay. There's a part in the beginning of 
what is it, 17? Where they're all at the mall and um, Kyrie's looking at bathing suits with Akko and the guys are just kind of being bored. And Akko asks, is that bathing suit to impress Ryu? And see, Kyrie gets really embarrassed and says no and then puts it back. Guy hears all this, grabs her by the arm really forcefully and drags her off to the elevator to talk privately, but he was very, very rapey. Dude, I, w- I thought I was the only one that, that was thinking that. I was like, because as soon as her, her because Kyrie's body language gave me like, God, is he gonna, is he gonna force himself on me again? I'm like, that's the vibe I got from it. I was like, okay, this, this is, is this is Nick at this point. Hang on, side note, real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt. That shopping scene was actually funny because Raito complains that you should never go shopping with women. I advocate for that. Just as someone, I don't know, shopping with women can be annoying. And uh, in the unlikely event that my girlfriend can hear this, please disregard everything that I said. I love you. <laughs> What's wrong, Nick? You don't want to shop with your pumpkins? <laughs> All right, moving on. First, during the for this two-parter. What? Can I say one more thing about this two-parter, by the way? Yeah, I mean, I'm still talking about it, but you can t- definitely take the floor for a minute. Okay. So, <laughs> I, you know, y'all are going to probably think that I think I'm kind of weird for thinking this, but, like, that whole scene with, like, Raggedy uh, dealing with that, like, that, that girl that he was, like, I guess, sort of seeing, and, like, he went back to his old ways, and, you know... He basically was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm love. I ain't all about love. I'm, about, I'm all about being evil, and whatnot." And he sequentially, quote unquote, kills her. I kind of bust out laughing because I'm like, "There's no way he actually murdered that girl." I think what happened was because the way it sounded, it sounded like he was actually having like a, a like a not an illusion, but like he was just, just I guess, daydreaming. He was just like in his mind thinking that, you know, I don't really care about this girl. I thought I did, but I don't really care about this girl anymore. Because in the episode where he reveals himself to be, you know, his true true self, she she got scared. She was like, "Ah, oh, that's creepy. I, I can't be. I, I'm scared. Like, I don't want to be around that." Yeah. And she just, she just went home and just like just didn't. They just didn't think about him anymore. Because so. I, I think people, I think people probably assumed that he like up and killed the girl. But the way it was shot, it just didn't seem like that was the case. Because we could have seen a body. Like, there's no way you can just zap somebody like that and, just, and, there, and there's no body. Or, like, he didn't cut her down. He just, just zapped her. Like, no, that just seemed kind of weird to me. I don't think he killed her. Um, yeah, no. Do you think Radigat's uh, whole arc in this episode, though, is what makes it for me? But I'll talk about that a little bit more later. Yeah, I want to go back to my thing before Anthony cut me off from it. Um, I I definitely am not happy with the direction they're taking Guy's character right now. This is not who I thought Guy would be. Um, He shouldn't be portrayed as this aggressive, let me grab this lady by her hand, drag her into an elevator, and then force my way onto her to make her like me as a person and want to date me. like. He's a player, yes, 
he loves to have women, yes. But he's not a creep. Yeah. He has a code of honor. You can see it very clearly in the episodes where this is not the plot. And dear God, I I didn't like how Raito once again is part of this damn square. And he's like, ho ho. I don't I don't have any chance of being with Kyori, but I'm gonna at least try and protect her. I'm like, protect her from what? You're not gonna protect her from anyone. You're you're right. You're not your threat factor is not a thing here. So again, they're messing up Raita and Guy, and I'm not happy with this at all. Like Raita had has enough good character development without the love tri- uh, square, and Guy should not be in the square to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the Radigat stuff, because that's also very interesting, and there's a story that you'll need to hear about Riz's adventure through these two episodes. <laughs> so, when episode 18 began, and I saw the title Guy Dies. My first thought was, okay, if I'm misunderstanding Gokai and Guy truly does die here for real, who's Black Condor for the remainder of the Sentai? Are they going to be a four-man team? That'd be kind of weird. Or will they find a new Black Condor to replace him? And if they did, who would it be? And at one point, my mind was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool if Radicate became Black Condor because he has no idea who he really is. That actually would have been a good storyline, actually. I would have actually enjoyed that. It would have made the story so much stronger to have Radicate be Black Condor for, like, even an episode or two. Yeah. I just can't even believe that freaking and like decades later, where they have a villain become a ranger, they actually do it in my least favorite Sentai, which is Chokuger. Dang it! <laughs> yeah, I I do think like one of the reasons why I wish another reason why I wish that they had Juza um uh stick around for a while is because I really think that we should have had more of Radigate as a human because yeah. I don't know. I, I want to see more of that side to him. And I, I think his moments make this episode because it does, because it, I don't know. It, it's not that he's a complex villain, but well, okay. Maybe he does have some complexities and that, you know, we're shown a different side to him, but ultimately it is like, it is genuinely sad. Like, you know, you guys can say whether you think that he literally killed that woman or not, but what, they, what they're implying is that, you know, if he did actually see that woman, he would have killed her. It's really sad to see him, since he and that woman were genuinely in love, it's sad to see him turn, yeah. go back to being a monster. And it's pretty powerful writing from the writers, I think. It is. It's really good writing, and honestly, the Radicate subplot makes this two-parter something I like. Because Sarah's Hill isn't something I like because of Guy and Wright, uh, Wright's involvement. 
I do want to say, Guy in part two, when he is about to die, that's actually really important because I think it plays a because I think it plays a huge part in the last episode. Uh, and you know, you guys can remember it or not because I'm going to bring it up. Really, like I'm going to bring it up myself when we talk about the last episode. But it's just really important. But I don't want to give spoilers. Um, I actually think. In the latter half, Guy's character becomes more like who he should be. Mm-hmm. But Guy in episode 17, I want to reach through the screen and slap him. Because that's not who he is. That's not who he's written to be. I want to strangle him. Yeah, like... The guy at the end where he's telling uh, Kyrie, I'm, like, you know... I'm dying, I don't want to go alone, and all that stuff. That's the guy that I want to have remembered as, like, the good character. Like, that's the part of the guy I like. Mm -hmm. I do want us to remember, like, how everything that happened, you know, while he was dying, before he died, because I think it plays a huge part in his character development in the last episode, but I don't want to skip ahead of myself. That's fine. We'll wait. Carrying on. I give this two-parter. All the Radigan moments just make this episode for me. And again, I wish that they didn't kill off Jusa so early, but they did. And I mean, I could just deal with it. I'd still give it a 9 out of 10. Anthony, what are you giving it? You know what? I'll give it a 9 out of 10, too, because... The only reason I'm not giving it, I'm not giving it a full ten. It's really just the fact that it's it's. I agree with you, Riz. It's it's honestly, guy. Guy needs to not be so hung up hung up on this girl. He he shouldn't be hung up on this girl. Period. Like, if if Kyrie even had a semblance of interest in him, then okay, cool. He can be interested in her. But but this is. This is really terrible story writing and character development for him. It's giving off that you you guys remember, okay I'm probably I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go on like a small little tangent about the music 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 uh by the way um you guys are from I'm not pretty sure you guys are familiar with this but I'm, maybe you are but I just could be wrong if I'm wrong okay call me out whatever how many people how many of y'all are, are y'all remember that that song obsessed by Mariah Carey no. Oh, you don't remember? Okay, you never heard it? Okay, so, like... I don't remember it, but I know it exists. ...video that kind of, like, implied that Eminem was kind of obsessed with her or whatever, and that song came to mind when it came with came to Guy being obsessed with Kyori. I was just like, why are you so obsessed with her? Because the song literally it goes, Why are you so obsessed with me? Boy, I wanna know. That's That's how the song goes. That makes sense, and honestly, like, it's depressing that we have to be, like, that this is the reference we have to make for Guy. Yeah. Because it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to not oscillate towards Guy's hot garbage, like I do with Takaru. I'm trying really hard here not to go that route. But his character development is garbage right now, and I'm not a fan. I like his character a lot, but 
but I don't like the direction his character development is going right now. Right. And they better course correct soon, or my opinion will stick and he'll be hot garbage. Um, and Anthony, uh, no, and Patrick and Nathan will be given to glory being correct about who I call hot garbage this season, but when I call it, they'll be wrong on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that's not the case. Because y'all were saying I'd be calling him hot garbage in episode one, but no, he's he's turning into this right now, and I'm I'm hoping to course correct soon because I I want to like this guy. He's really cool, but I can't support a character with that kind of development. Like if he just stops. What, what, rating would, what rating would you give the episode, Anthony? Hmm. What rating would you give the episode, Anthony? He gave it a nine, right? I give it a nine. Yeah, I, 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 I give my buff already. What about you, Riz? I would give this a six. Okay. Um, Fair enough. It's a six because I love the Radigat subplot and I love Zuzo, but the the score is a testament to how much I enjoy Guy as a character and how much I'm annoyed at the poor storytelling in part one. Okay, fair enough. So, if you didn't have the guy, if you didn't have that little subplot in the beginning, I would probably give it a nine. But because okay. it had a subplot in the beginning, I'm giving it a six. Yeah. Okay. All right, we get uh, two more filler episodes to close this thing out. Um, now, I do want to say that uh, throughout these two episodes and one more episode that we're going to take a look at at the beginning of the next uh, podcast. Um, it's a recurring plot element that Radigat is keeping Semimaru, uh, the baby monster, and it's slowly growing into like the big beast that it'll eventually become. Yeah. Uh, so just a brief thing that's always acknowledged. Um, episode 19 is called I Can See. It's a filler episode that revolves around Kaori, where a fortune teller under the influence of the latest Dimension Beast gives Kaori a prediction that she will die in the very near future, and Kaori is driven insane and is left paralyzed with fear, and she's too scared to even transform into a white swan. Um, I think this is standard, not really special. Um, yeah. This is a typical Super Sentai plot. Yeah. I, I have no strong feelings on it either way, like, the only thing I can say here is that Kyrie's character improves a little bit. Mm -hmm. She hasn't moved up in the ranking from last time just yet, but she's inching out of out of like spot four, in my opinion. I think the only thing I remember from this episode is a little bit at the end when uh, all the Jetmen have shown up dressed up in like you know high class clothes for like some party at. Kaori's house and Raita is trying to get closer to Kaori and Guy has given him this like uh, what what are you trying to do and then he tries to push Raita down just before the they yeah. do the freeze frame I thought that was funny that uh, was it was funny it, it's also this is development I'm okay with for Guy and Raita like Guy in this scene yeah, he's still being an ass, but he's that's a stick, and I'm okay with that. I like that, but 
Raita, I don't know. Like, the entire idea of him having to have a crest on Kyoria to begin with kind of bugs me. Yeah, because he already has a crush on somebody else. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah exactly. But I thought it was an okay episode. I give it a 6 out of 10. It's good. Not great, but just good. I, I will make one other comment. Do you remember when I mentioned that um, the former, what was Flash Pink? Pink Flash, yeah. Pink Flash got a runner-up for creepiest person in his 10th block episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fortune Teller gets the winner award for that. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to give the award for creepiest person in this 10-episode block we're watching, and it goes to the fortune teller in this episode, because, dear God, that was kind of nightmare fuel. What rating would you guys uh, give for this episode? I already gave it a 6. Oh, okay. Anthony? I give it a 6.5. Okay. Trying to be nicer than we are. I see how it is. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to be yeah. nice here. Like, okay, guy, you're trying to one-up like us? I did like the fact that she was like, you know, actually having like doubts because like at first she was like, oh, I don't believe in fortune tale, like like fortune like that or whatever. But then this stuff started to happen. She's like kind of freak, freaking out. And it it was just different. It was just different. I don't know. I, I mean, I just felt, felt differently about the episode than you guys did. I, it was it was an okay episode. I was I won't get I gave it 6.5 because of that that one development alone with her. But other than that, I, I all see we all see. It just was another way we episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we have our last episode, uh, Marriage Vacuum Cleaner. Uh, this is a guy-centric filler episode where a little girl approaches Guy for help when her older sister falls victim to... A spell from a vacuum cleaner dimension. Uh, sorry, someone just fell over. A uh, dimension beast that sucks all the love and emotions out of people, and her sister abruptly abandons her fiance and her because of that. Uh, I want to say right now, I think this, this is probably my favorite episode of this badge. I think this episode is fantastic because someone like Guy befriending a little girl who he ends up really caring for his great character development. We see a softer side for him. Uh, just the way that he meets her, too, shows some subtle nobility development since, like, he goes out of his way to stop her from getting hit by a truck at the beginning of the episode. Um, I love how this episode is dedicated to Guy, but it doesn't feel the need to bring up or even address his relationship with Kaori, and it's not like this episode didn't have an opportunity to do that because there was literally a point in this episode where Guy stages a fake wedding to lure the monster out. You could have had him do that with Kaori to subtly address that relationship, but they don't. They have him do it with Akko. I'm happy that they did that, that you don't have to have character episodes, you know, bringing up alternate story arcs so i love that i great job from the writers that his transformation and one-on-one fight with the monster is awesome and (laughs) i think guy's relationship with this girl is adorable and it ends on the perfect note with guy where like 
the girl is all like, oh, guy, I wish I was older so I could date you. And then guy is all like, yeah, you know, if you were totally older, I would date you or something like that. That's that's guy. This is classic guy. I, I love I love this episode. Okay, I'm gonna go real quick because I'll be really simple. And I'm, 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 of course, thinking, you know, don't pay me no mind because I'm, I'm always thinking the negative things. <laughs> so I'm gonna be quick and simple on this one. Yes, best episode in the bats. Um, this episode is one of the reasons why, when I finished watching the bats, that I will not call him hot garbage yet. Because he had phenomenal development. This is a well-written story. And this is the guy I was wanting from the beginning. And this is the guy that we got. So I'm happy that we're finally getting it. And I hope the other guy never appears again like that. Because then I can write it off and say, oh, he was on some Kool-Aid or something. And then he had a bad reaction. But yeah, no, this episode made Guy not lose his respect in my book. And is it mostly like the issue that you have just a question like is it the fact that like he's doing a lot of these like desperate things with Kaori like throwing himself at her trying to kiss her or like no, pulling her not. away into an elevator? No. That I mean that's part of it, but the reason I don't like it like okay, if let, let me explain why I don't like the guy development for most of these episodes. There's no build-up, dude. Like, from the beginning, there's no build-up. It's automatically, guy gets on the team and is like, oh, hey, you're cute. I want to bang you. Let's, let's be a thing. And that was fine. That was perfect. That was guy. But then to make him, like, pursue this in the way that he did and break from being guy, that's what I don't like. Yeah. Like, if he... If he had, like, mentioned in the, what was it, episode 13 or whatever, the first time I had issues with Guy, if he had just mentioned, like, hey, I have a thing for you, um, but he didn't go overboard, and then they developed off of that, like, yeah, Guy's starting to fall for her slowly, and then he started doing the crazy stuff that he did, that had been fine, because there's buildup. But to go from 0 to 90 with no build-up in the middle, is terrible. Yeah. Okay. I, I can understand that. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me that he likes her beyond thinking he's, she's cute. Like, it, it doesn't sell. It doesn't make sense here. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Uh, Anthony, you should <laughs> give your thoughts on this episode. I'm sorry I didn't give you a chance before I asked Riz his question. Good, you're good. Um, this was this actually was an okay episode. Um, I did like the fact that like you know it was a guy focused episode. Um, I don't know how I'm. I maybe I'm just thinking things a little bit differently, you guys. It just seems kind of weird. It just seems kind of like off-putting that, like you know, this young girl said, like, "Oh yeah, like I know, I know, I understand that that they're not actually going into like thinking that she wants to get with him, or whatever, like because you know he's older, or whatever." And then like, it's not, it's not, it's not meant to be creepy, but it just came out as creepy to me, to me. 
personally. I mean, okay, so let me address that from my perspective. The way the girl said it, guy being a noble guy wouldn't just be like, uh-uh, no, I don't want to date you. You're, you're not worthy or you're not attractive. That would break her. So he chose a safe route and instead said, yeah, if you're 10, 15 years older, that'd be a thing, but you're not. Right. He didn't want to, he didn't want to hurt her and like cause emotional damage. He wanted to let her down easy. I understand that. And mm-hmm. that I feel is more noble and more in line with his character. He can be, you know, he can be a womanizer, he can be a playboy, but end of the day, he has a heart and disproves it. I'd give this a 10 out of 10, honestly. I, I have nothing negative to say about it. What about you, Anthony? Give it an 8. Definitely a high 8. I might give it a 9. Um, there's nothing I didn't dislike. But also, it didn't wow me to the same level, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I gave it an 8. I just appreciate how they don't even try to bring up his relationship with Kyle. And again, they had a perfect opportunity with that fake wedding and they didn't do it. Yeah. So I, God. I just really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so we've mostly talked about the character development of guy a little bit. We're going to move on to the um, other analysis of uh, other things really quick. Well, first of all, what do we think of the villains here? Like, I think, because I think in this batch, everyone except Torin has gotten a little bit of a moment to shine. Because, you know, with Radigan, he has the whole character arc of him turning human and, you know, but then going back. And then we, and then we got a little bit of a thing going on with Gray and Maria that was addressed in 13 and 14. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Um. My thoughts here are that Zuzo got screwed. Mm -hmm. Um, My other thing is that I like Radigat's character quite a bit. And his story arc in these last couple episodes has been really fun. Um, Gray is a very interesting character that I want to see more of. Especially his dynamic with Maria and given Nathan's not-so-subtle commentary, I'm gonna guess that there's gonna be a lot more Maria and Grey stuff in the future. So, I'm happy for that. Um, I... Who did I miss? I feel like I missed one of them. Uh, we don't have to talk about Torin that much. He didn't really do anything in any of these episodes. Yeah, Torin didn't do much, and I'm trying to think, is there anyone else I missed? I don't think so. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on them. I will say before we get to the ranger analysis, though, Aya is very useless. I think, uh, what do you think, Anthony? You said who's useless? Aya, Aya. the commander. I mean, after a while, I kind of see what y'all mean now, because I'm like, she hasn't really done much since her initial episodes. 
Well, not her initial episode, but her her initial introduction episodes. I mean, yeah. I mean, she'll get. Oh, okay, spoiler alert! She might get a little bit more of a moment to shine here and there, but I can see why she's kind of useless in this batch. I mean, I what you're saying. So, like, the way I I envision Aya is that she's a mentor figure, like, not to the same extent like a Zordon or whatever, but more like a Kruger. And she doesn't really fill that role too well. Yeah, I can and see so, that. I just kind of feel like this is a wasted potential for her. Like, why even have her character in the background? She's not going to do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think of the villains, Anthony? I like them so far. Like, I think I like Gray because, like, Gray is like slowly, like, almost not almost like not saying he's coming human, but he's like he's having more slowly having emotions out of a human, especially with the whole thing with like listen to Maria's uh piano and he's like. I just want to hear you play again because you just you 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 really know how to play a piano. I just I like listening to that. But I think we can all agree that Empress Juza got screwed. Dude. Oh, def- definitely. Definitely. Like, really? Oh, really? This how y'all end up like this? It annoys me that Juza doesn't come back later on somehow. Juza could have easily been like an Akamaru type of character. Yeah. Like well, she's I not do there feel that. But I just feel like if Batman were written more today, she would have been a permanent change. Oh yeah, definitely. I think she would have been like a surprise final villain, if you think about yeah. it. They really they really wanted to wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to move on to the Ranger stuff, we don't have to talk about Guy, uh, since we've already kind of talked about him to death in this video. Um yeah. what do do we have anything else we want to say with Ryu? I've already said my stuff. I think that he's... Well, we talked about him a little bit with his grandmother, but I'll defend how he is just a little bit because, like I said, I do think that what they're trying to do with him is that he is kind of forcing himself to repress everything he feels with Rie, and it's working right now, but it's not the... It's not you know, the strongest it can be. And like I said, I like how Ryu tries to, like, I mean, okay, maybe you got, whether you guys like the whole guy and Kaori romantic dynamic or not, you have to admit that it's pretty cool of Guy to, like, subtly try to give Guy credit because he wants Kaori to, like, he can see that Guy likes Kaori and he wants to help him. I don't think that's just him wanting to get Kaori off his back. I think it's genuinely because he wants to help Guy in that case. And you can and you could say that the romance between Guy and Kaori doesn't work, and that's fine. But let's not let that ruin the fact that Ryu is a pretty cool guy in this case. No, Ryu's a definitely a cool character, and I mean, you asked me a question. I don't know if it was in the podcast or on the side, Nathan, a while back, mm-hmm. on. My definition of a red. I think it was in a podcast for Sin Cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave a criteria. And Ryu checks all the boxes of being a good red. 
but he's not done anything super notable to be like to stick out as like a person that I would probably remember in like 10 seasons from now. Like he's good. He fills the role, but he doesn't do anything to make him stand out more. Okay. Um, so I doesn't mean I don't like him. It just means he hasn't done anything yet to wow me to the point of, Ooh, he's a great character. He's my favorite or something, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's an important thing to mention here, given, you know, a lot of people are probably going to be wondering what we think of Ryu in terms of that. You want to add anything with Ryu, Anthony? No, I, nothing is really, like, my opinion hasn't really changed much, so, like, I'm just waiting to see what more he does. Okay. Unfortunately, Raita doesn't have any character-focused episodes here, although he would have been better for the spotlight in that paper episode. Um, he did have some cool moments, though. Like I said, I like that little quote that he makes about women shopping. He dresses up like a woman in drag to outsmart the monster, which was awesome. I don't like how he's involved in this little love relationship here, but... You know what? He's still just an awesome guy, so I can't bring myself to hate him. Raita is still one of my favorite characters in the Sentai. Um, they're doing him dirty with the love square, I think. But overall, that doesn't detract from him being a good character. Just like how Guy doesn't have an immediate he's the terrible character thing yet for the same reason. Um, so, yeah, I think Wright has a good character overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go real quick on Kyrie and Akko, because mm-hmm. I don't have a lot to say there. Kyrie hasn't really... Like, she's coming into her own, finally, but, like... Um... Yeah, she's not, like done enough to become that much more interesting yet. Like, she's getting there, but she's not quite there. And then Akko hasn't really changed a lot. She picked up a musical talent, but, I mean, okay, cool. You want to add anything, uh, Anthony? Like I said, right? I like Raw. Right as a character, he's he's really growing on me very fast. Um, I just feel bad for him at times when he gets when he gets screwed over by like just any person who like well any of the anyone on the team that like especially guy like push it aside. Even though yeah, I think it's funny. It's also kind of like sad that like he gets kind of pushed around a little bit. It's kind of like oh like. Relax on this dude, like chill. And also, Kyrie did not have to kick him in the balls. Like, what was up with that? That was bad. Yeah. But we're not going to mention a guy grabbed at monsters' balls in the uh, one episode of Henchman. Yeah, that he fights dirty. That's what it's supposed to be shown. Yeah. 
And it's like, you know, like, I mean, but I wouldn't be grabbing no monsters nuts, though. I'm just saying that's just me, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're thinking, like, do do, do those those aliens even have testicles? Like, they do now. You said that your character rankings hadn't really changed much. Did they, Riz? No, they haven't. Um, Guy is still number one, Wright is number two, Ray is number three, Kyrie is number four, and Akka is number five. Which is the same as last time, I believe. The, uh-huh. only, the only change I would probably make is Raita might now be a, a really close contender for number one with Guy. Okay. But as of right now, Guy still has a throne. Are you both still enjoying Jetman? Of course. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of complaints, but I'm enjoying the ride. Okay. I... I, I will say just to wrap this whole thing up uh, before we go into like the conclude into like uh, it. I can see why you guys would be turned off by the romance story. Like I can understand where you're going, where you're going. I do hope though that with the changes that we get, and uh, we'll see a lot of that in the uh, next episode, uh, next batch of episodes. I'm definitely curious to see where you guys will think with that, um, but we'll just have to wait and see with that one. Yeah. Um, but okay, uh, this has been our second podcast on Chojin Sentai Jetman. Uh, next time, we will be taking a look at episodes 20 through 32. We have to add uh, two, uh, two episodes to our next batch because uh, episodes 30, 31, and 32 are actually a three-parter episode. So oh. uh, we're going to have to do that. Um, But with that said, uh, we thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast here. Whether you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes, we very much appreciate that. Um, If you were listening to this on YouTube, we would like for you to leave a comment down in the comment section. Just giving your thoughts on this and also like the video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed. Uh, Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org. And uh, check us on our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, Once again, we thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, We will join you again next time. um, Hopefully with the entire crew uh, together again. But until that time, uh, we are the Tokyo Secrets Podcast. And we are flying out of here until our next podcast. So until that time, see you later.